Hey, welcome to Big Happy Life, the show that's all about making conscious choices about your habits so that achieving your goals becomes easier, more fun, and you enjoy yourself more along the way. I'm your host, Natalie Britt, and today we're talking about the seasons of happiness. Before I get into that, I want to tell you a little story from when I was about 28, 29. I worked for a hotel company at the time and I used to do a lot of travel. And on this particular occasion, I was in New Jersey in the middle of winter. I worked in a team of four people and three of us smoked. So on this occasion, we were standing outside and I was freezing. I was shivering away and my boss looked at me and he said, just relax, relax and you won't feel the cold the same way. And I couldn't get myself to do it. I'd relax for a few seconds and then my muscles would immediately tense back up again and start that shivering, which of course is involuntary. Your body is trying to keep you warm. So I understand why it was happening, but tensing up made my experience of the cold so much worse and made me fixate on it so much more. And what I've come to realize over the years is that it's easy to do the same thing mentally, to have kind of mental shivering when you experience stress or anxiety or depression. And although it's not true for everybody, for many of us, there's so much we could do if we could change the way we perceive those lows and those difficult times. For many of us, the experience of these things is made worse because of what happens in our mind when we experience them. Although Big Happy Life is often about this kind of positive spin of creating your big happy life, many of those habits only become relevant when you're already feeling positive. So what happens when you're not? What happens when you experience those great highs and then those catastrophic lows and the transitions in between? Studies show that 15% of people in the US and 21% of women will become clinically depressed at some point during their lives. And in the UK, it's estimated that one in four women and one in 10 men will suffer depression during their lifetime. So this is a really important part of finding our happiness, is working out what to do when it's not that easy to grasp. As I progress my research into happiness and the habits that make us happier, I'm realizing that one of the things you have to make peace with is that happiness is not a permanent state, nor should it be. And having observed the ebb and flow of my own happiness levels, I've come to realize that not only do they often run with the seasons, but also they run like the seasons. There's a summer, an autumn, a winter, and a spring. And they have hallmarks. There are specific things that seem to happen in the mind and the body when you go through each one. This episode is about discussing those hallmarks, but also looking at the advantages that each season brings. I felt compelled to record this because one of the things I noticed in my own life was that the highs weren't as enjoyable as they could have been because I was worrying about the lows. I put pressure on myself to try and stay in that mindset. And when I felt it slipping out of my grasp, I would panic. And that potentially brought on more of those darker, more difficult feelings to deal with. For want of a better way to put it, I was just mentally shivering, even through the summer, mentally shivering. It wasn't until I realized that there was value in all of the phases and that happiness isn't always just about sunshine and roses. Sometimes it's about resilience and effort. Sometimes it's about growth through adversity. And in many ways, some of our abilities to be happy in those kind of summers only come from how we handle the autumns and the winters. And so if you are somebody who experiences those highs and lows and you kind of mentally shiver through them, you want to force yourself into happiness or you're thinking, why do I feel this way? What's wrong with me? I hope listening to this will give you a chance to reflect on perhaps the value of all the four seasons in your life and 
how to make the best use of them so that they provide a chance to build your resilience, to grow as a person, to challenge yourself, to reflect on some of the things that work in your life and don't work in your life. All the things that ultimately genuinely do provide meaning and therefore are much more likely to make us happy in the long term. I remind you, of course, at this point that I am neither a doctor nor a therapist. I share this information with you because it's helped me and it's helped the people I work with. And I share it with you in the hope that this perspective offers you another way to look at your situation and the highs and lows that you might be experiencing. As I talk you through the hallmarks I've noticed and the highs and lows I've experienced, you might find that yours are slightly different. It'd be great to know more about your story, so please feel free to visit bighappylife.blog on the show notes page and leave a comment. I'd love to know how you experience the seasons and what happens for you. What I'll also look at in this episode is some of the advantages of each season. The things that, when you know to look for them, make each one worthwhile in its own way. Summer, of course, is happiness. It's bright and energetic. It's effortless. You don't have to work at those feelings of joy and contentment. And you seem to notice things that make you happy and make you feel grateful all over the place. Smiles and laughter come more easily. You're able to be more generous with your time and energy because you have it to give. And it's really easy not to sweat the small stuff. It somehow just doesn't bother you. I should say at this point that the duration of your summers and the frequency of your summers is to some extent genetic, but it's not the whole story. In her book, The How of Happiness, Sonia Libomirsky talks about her research into happiness and how we create it. And one of the things she says is that only 50% of our happiness is genetic. So if you're somebody who experiences lots of emotional summers and for long periods of time, half of that is genetics. But 40% of that is down to you and how you think and what you do. And just 10% is down to life circumstances. So all those things we think will make us happy, the house, the money, the weight loss, those things actually make the smallest contribution to our happiness. We'll talk about that a little bit more in another episode, but what I wanted to point out is that only half of our experience of the types of seasons we have and how long they last for can be put down to genetics. So if you're thinking, well, my parents struggled with mental health, so there's nothing really I can do about it. That's not strictly true. There might be some things you can do about it. We're not going to be exploring that in this episode, but we will explore it in later episodes. And it also highly recommends starting with Sonia Libomirsky's book, The How of Happiness. Getting back to the seasons, some of the things that are added by summer, well, it's pretty obvious. Joy, ease, contentment, enjoyment of life. These are great times. Usually during the summer, you feel at peace with yourself. Even if your life circumstances aren't perfect, your ability to look past those imperfections is something that makes you feel good about yourself. You feel strong and resilient, calm, easygoing. And so it seems like you just attract more of the same to you during that period. Having this kind of energy also makes it easy to start making plans and to put those plans into action. It's really easy to feel in control and so your efforts to do things really feel productive. Eventually though, you naturally reach autumn. So happiness is no longer effortless and you can feel its decline. At that point, probably what you'll find is that little niggles start presenting. There are certain things that during the summer of your happiness you were able to ignore, but now they're bothering you and you're reacting to them. You want to let them go, but you're struggling to do that. You probably find it takes more effort to feel genuinely connected to other people. It almost feels like there's a little bit of a distance, like you can't fully express yourself. You're not sure how you feel about things. 
and you're not even really sure you understand, so you don't necessarily have the words to tell other people what's going on. Although at this stage you can sometimes think positively and you can sometimes be grateful for the things in your life, it's taking much more conscious effort than it did in that summer phase. For many of us, this is the phase where we begin to panic because we can feel ourselves losing that sense of happiness, losing the grip on that ease and contentment. But if we're able to recognize some of the real positives of this phase, there's quite a lot that can be taken from it. This is a phase of resilience. It gives us the ability to recognize the early warning signs of stress in our lives, the manifestations in our bodies and in our minds. We're not yet all the way into winter. And if we use this phase effectively, we can learn quite a lot about ourselves in terms of the patterns that lead us to experience greater levels of stress or to diminish our contentments and our happiness. Unlike seasons in nature, it's not a complete given that you'll go from autumn into winter. You could go back to summer, and that's dependent on a whole host of factors, some of which are in your control and some of which are not. Next week's episode is all about focusing on some of the things that are within your control that you can do in that autumn phase to make the most of it, and also potentially to get more and longer summers when you use your autumns really well. When you do transition into winter, if yours are like mine, the hallmarks include difficulty caring about things. Everything just feels a bit pointless. You don't smile or laugh that much and sometimes really feel lonely in the company of other people who are able to smile and laugh. You feel listless, you lack energy, you have trouble sleeping, loss of appetite. And even if you know some of the right things to do, you can't really be bothered to do them. As I said at the beginning, what I'm describing is my own experience of the seasons in my own happiness. And what you'll probably have worked out from my description of winter is that depression features in my winters. This may not be the case for you, or you might be somebody who experiences it to an even greater extent than I do. It was particularly my experience of the winters that made me want to understand the ebb and flow and the natural progression of things and make the most of those experiences so it didn't feel like I was just waiting for my life to pass me by or start back up again when I went into these phases. When I started really focusing on what this phase adds, I found that there's actually quite a lot in it. This was my chance to draw myself inwards and reflect, to take stock and to understand what's working well and what's not, because it's only really in these phases that I stop for long enough to pay attention to myself. And I mean properly, really, genuinely pay attention. We live in a world that values action so much more than it values thinking. And so I was constantly on the go and constantly on the move. And it was only when I completely collapsed and when I felt like I just had to give everything up that I would stop and take stock of what's happening in my mind. That was how I came to realize that actually paying attention to those things in the other phases makes a big difference to the experience of winter and how often it manifests. So when it does, I know it's time to stop and it's time to use it for the value that it brings. One of the things I've learned about my winters is that they're a signal that I require a bit more nurture. I've given and I've given and I've given. I've spent too much of my energy in too many different places and I don't have any left. And so I treat these periods as a chance to nurture myself and to pay attention, to break free from the illusions of pressure that I create in my life, the blogs that have to be written by a particular deadline, the podcasts that have to be out, the different activities that the kids have to do, the things that have to happen around the house, the various projects that have to get done, and realize that none of those things actually has to happen and that I've reached a point where I must become my priority at least for a little while. Again, we'll talk more next week about how you can use this time to best effect and get the most out of it. 
And when you are able to do that, of course, it naturally leads to spring. So at this point, you start to feel more energetic. You might even start to sleep a bit better and wake up more often feeling refreshed. You feel a bit more hopeful and you get a sense that things are going to be okay. You start to feel all right about making plans and committing to things again. And things that previously felt pointless once again begin to take on more meaning. You notice you have a bit more patience and things that were really upsetting you before are just merely niggles or you're able to overlook them. So you get a sense of feeling back in control of your emotions. And you sometimes really surprise yourself with your ability to just take things in your stride. Much like autumn, this is a transitional season. So this is a great opportunity for learning because you're able to get a sense of what made you feel more hopeful, what's bringing meaning back, what's creating that sense of energy and renewed strength in you. And I also find this a fantastic season to pay attention to and to really focus on because knowing and trusting that it's going to come is one of the things that helps me get through the winters. Mainly because your experience of a winter you think will last forever is completely different from a winter you know will end. I hope this has given you a chance to reflect on the highs and lows in your life and I guess how to get the most value out of them, but also maybe to reduce some of the pressure if you experience pressure to be happy. Because I think in many ways, that's one of the things that robs us of the chance to be happy is that we're constantly striving for it. And I think it's there in the background, no matter what we're experiencing in life, it's there depending on how we interpret what we're experiencing. In next week's episode, we go into that in much more detail. It's titled, How to Be Positive When You Don't Feel Positive. So it's for those autumns and winters and making sure that you extract maximum meaning and value from them so that they don't cost you your happiness, but they contribute to it in some way. If you have comments or questions or you'd like specific advice to feature on next week's episode, you can get in touch via the show notes page on bighappylife.blog. For now though, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.